Did you guys hear that? We're actually rolling. See what's on your I'm like the quintessential multitasker. Okay, I got you. <laughs> this is your favorite podcast show. It's Pioneers versus Pretenders. I'm your host, Joe Human, and we've got one of the very like the coolest people I know digitally. Recently, right, I've been like honored to interview or to actually have conversation with people that I've known like in the digital space. Like Twitter is just this very interesting family yeah and like everyone just knows everyone even though even though we've never like actually met fact i just got someone you know. a job now on twitter See? I'm Mazi, but See? Exactly. i was like yo give me your number you know. called her so now she's got a job i'm like no man like there's so many creatives on the ground that are doing some really dope shit yeah and why can't we not have a platform that actually has conversations with those people and you know get to know what they're up to and so it's but this this is not my first time meeting you right i think we've bumped into each other quite a few times i was like oh we've got to work <laughs> go to my office send me an email and now i'm in your office hey hey we're making it happen <laughs> we've got super Marvena in the house um how are you doing i'm really happy and really good that's that's actually good because not a lot of entrepreneurs can say i'm really happy and really good yeah, I think happy is a chosen state of mind because you could choose to focus on all the things that aren't great or you could choose to focus on the few things that are. And um, luckily for me, the few things that are great are really, really great. So I'm happy. E.g.? E.g. work. <laughs> Amazing. Um, I have an incredible team that mm. I work with. I have really great clients. Like really great. People who are concerned about are you doing well because we need you to be well to put out really good work um my family's amazing i had a really great chat with my dad yesterday how do you how do you do it how do you balance work and family i don't i'm doing really poorly at that but i come from a family that um worked very hard in their time of working so my parents are both retired now but my older sister who's 17 years older than me has been an entrepreneur since she graduated um when my dad was also an entrepreneur my mom worked for government communications mm. so it's a good balance of the 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 nine to five and the always on working and i think that's where i got my um my thing of wanting to work for people and then work for myself so yeah um they understand where i'm at because they were once here and two they shouted me a lot for it telling me that hey this is what we went through and don't make the same mistakes as us mm -hmm. so they try to force me to spend time with them and i do occasionally i went home this past weekend for example and then i won't see them for a month or two months and my sister lives down the road from me but because i'm so focused on my work they get it so whatsapp groups phone calls like private texts they're there and they get it and yeah you it know, is what I'm, it is i'm always so fascinated or actually proud when um there's women that are a force in the communication space you know and i i i i'm proud of you i'm proud of you <laughs> for all this crazy stuff that you're doing Thank um you. it's so amazing but you know it's all good looking at it on social media and be like oh cool you know Sibu's working on this and that and that but what like what has been the core of 
Kimo Collective as an agency and how have you built that? You know, what are the challenges behind actually getting out there, you know, getting the work, being able to say, I'm happy, I'm great, I've got amazing clients. There's a process behind that. And that's something that not a lot of us actually speak about because we see it on the gram. Oh, it looks great. She's working, she's doing great, but they don't see the sleepless nights, you know, they don't see the work that goes behind that. What's it like? Oh, no, I, I am very deliberate about the content that I put out. I want to show people that there's a lot of hard work that goes into the great work. Um, I was in the office on Monday, which was a public holiday at 10 a.m. And I only left at midnight. Mm. And not because I was waffling around, playing, being on Netflix. No, I was working every hour of the 12 hours. My math is dizzy, but of the time that I was there. And um, you see me when I'm tired. You see me when I'm in hospital. <laughs> you see me when... I actually saw that. Yeah, it's a real thing that I, I, I'm crying because I'm scared out of my mind that I'm going under the knife now, you know, for like a, a medical procedure, not something aesthetic, not something I chose to do, but I had to do. And then on the flip side, you see me flying business class because I've saved up for it. You see me um, working alongside some of the world's biggest stars. You see me with mom Oprah, they laughing at me because I've been in a dungeon for 12 hours working on the script for Global Citizen. So you see the good, you see the bad. And that's me trying to tell the story that to get the good, you've got to put in the work. It doesn't just happen. I've been putting in the work since since I was about 16. Mm. Um, from when I was babysitting at a daycare center during the school holidays. I'd be there 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm leaving at 5 p.m. because I want to work a double shift and make 400 rand instead of only 200 rand. That's hard work where my friends are having chill sessions in their houses. I'm there chasing after kids and making sure people aren't hitting each other and making sure they eat and things aren't getting lost. That emotional intelligence to be able to choose to do what I have to do to get what I want um, and also having or developing that work ethic at such a young age and then continuing on that momentum since then, I think is the secret behind my success. Mm. I had to start and then get into my groove and then continue with it. What, what was the, like, at what points did you decide that, look, this is my purpose and I want to go into the communication space. So I want to create something of my own and build it and be able to influence culture and be able to work with great brands that create experiences for the culture, for society. To be honest, um, it wasn't an epiphany. It wasn't an aha moment. It wasn't when someone asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? When I was growing up, I wanted to be a computer scientist because my dad bought me a laptop for Christmas, one of those play laptops, and I could use it. And I was like, hey, who, you know, what jobs are there in this? And he's a computer scientist. Now I want to be a computer scientist. Mm -hmm. But I was, I know an emotional moment that I had. I was at a dance competition in Germany, my first um, competition overseas. And it was so big and like mega. This was before seeing you got served. Mm. And it was exactly like the competition on You Got Searched, that there's thousands of people. It's over a couple of days. There are brands everywhere. Red Bull was there. Coca-Cola was there. And um, just witnessing that and experiencing it and feeling it and being in that moment, I said to myself, we need to have things like this back home. Mm. 
mm. where I come from, I want to be able to not have to get onto an airplane to be able to experience something like this. I grew up with that. I think I was in grade seven. I was 12, 13. And then I started going to other events. And then I started working on events as a volunteer because I was so keen on being a part of creating what I felt when I was 12. And um, I think that's what got me into wanting to do things. I wanted a better experience for myself and my people. And that's my contribution to this industry, to create really meaningful experiences for people that make them feel like the brands they work so hard to buy actually care about them. Mm. Because the people behind the brands care about their consumers. Brands are inanimate objects, but there are people behind those brands and they give a damn about the people who pay their salaries. And I want to be a part of bringing to life the experiences that touch people and make them feel seen, make them feel wanted, make them feel cared for by the brands they love. Sibu, with with so many people, you know, having access to the internet, having access to information, having access to is you start a business or a concept or an idea. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that the industry is close or do you feel that it's crowded? Are we so we're talking about the communications industry? Yeah. There are I think what's good is that there isn't a guidebook that says this is the mm. communications industry. These are its barriers and this is how it's going to be run. These are the people who are going to control. It doesn't exist. It's not a system anymore because there have been enough people breaking the rules that didn't actually exist. So there are too many opportunities that people can create for themselves. Who knew 10 years ago that podcasts would come and challenge traditional radio? Radio. Who knew that YouTube videos would, or YouTube content would challenge TV and cinemas? Who knew Mm -hmm. until people started doing it? So if enough people start breaking the rules, I feel like then they, they, they aren't, there's no excuse to say no, Oh, it's not going to work because if it if it was an idea that could have worked, someone would have done it by now. No. And that's the beauty about the space that we are in. In communication, we are communicators by nature. And by virtue of that, there's a space for everybody. How do we, how do we as creatives, content creators, influencers, communicators as a whole, use the digital space to empower our work? You you use the digital space to amplify what you're doing. Um, you use the digital space to distribute what you're doing. I think it's, like I say, there's no rules to this. There aren't any rules to this game, right? So with access to internet, like you say, access to data, access to resources, you are virtually getting access to people. And at the end of the day, people are your end user mm. of the content that you're creating. So that's how you use it. You you do what you need to do because I can say Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what we already know this. So just use it. There's, I, every People are doing it. Do it. Mm. That's it. Just do it. You do a lot of um, events, you know, 
Mm. And in my understanding, you know, there's so much work that needs to be put out to a certain extent for you, for anyone to be able to get the, that, that next client, right? But in your space, um, you also do a lot of pitch work, right? <laughs> you have to be able to convince a client, hey, this is what I can do for you. This is the experience. This is how it's going to be laid out and have them say yes, you know? And I think that's something that as entrepreneurs, we struggle with because we don't know how to get the business. The opportunity is there, right? Mm. But we don't really know, okay, cool. How do we structure this document or how do you structure our pitch or strategy for a client to be able to say, yes, I want to work with you. So what are some of the tips or processes that you could give us? I know you won't give us all your secrets. That would be great (laughs) if you could, but how, how does it build a good pitch? Um, so it depends. Sometimes it's a pitch based on a brief and sometimes it's a pitch based on an idea, Mm. um, or an opportunity that I've spotted. And (laughs) I must admit, I've been incredibly lucky in my career because I've been quite opportunistic and opportunistic in a positive way, um, in how I've approached clients and also disturbed the existing murders operandi. Mm. Um, for argument's sake, there's a client that I got by having a conversation outside of an activation they were doing. And I said, you know, you could have done this, you could have done that, da, 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 da. but not in an attacking kind of way, but in a, have you thought of this? And she said, okay, cool, that's interesting. Mm, yeah, I think three, four, five months later, I've forgotten about this conversation and I get a call to say, hey, um, I need your email address. I think there's an opportunity for you. Um, that thing that we were talking about when we did XYZ. And then that was now my opportunity to respond to a brief based on a chance conversation. Mm. So there, I think one of the most important things is seek out opportunities and then also be ready for opportunities to come to you. Secondly, if you don't know how to do something, ask Ask people. Sometimes they'll answer. There's a lot of people that ask me and I genuinely don't have the time to respond in a way that will help you. But there are other people who do ask and I do. Um, Can you send me a template for something? Uh, Can you connect me with someone? Um, And I'll do that. But also asking people who've done it before, what, like you're asking now, how do you do it? Three, research. If people aren't willing to help you, Google is your friend okay (laughs) professor google will assist i was always available yeah always available as long as you have internet he's there for you Mm. um when i was 16 i did my first like proposal for a dance camp like my dream dance camp Mm. and i googled event proposal simple and plain and i found three or four of them i think i spent the whole night just reading seeing what the you know what the similarities are Okay, what can I take from this one? Take from that one. I Googled how to put together a business plan just for the structure of my proposal for investment. Mm. Um, don't be scared to read. <laughs> we are, we're so scared to read. And school teaches you how to do that. When they give you an assignment and you need to respond to it, an assignment is a request for a proposal. At the end of the day, what is your response to this brief that I am giving you? The brief is the question. The assignment that you submit is the answer. Take that process seriously and apply it to your business. 
what you don't know you ask um that's three what else four share your ideas share ideas with other people 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 are very like Wow, don't be sensitive about your ideas. Entitled yeah. to ideas. They're like, no, I want you to sign an NDA before I speak to you about this or that. I'm going to sign this NDA and then you're going to enforce it where and how? I'm going to tell you my idea and if you steal it. <laughs> an entire please call me revolution Imagine. happened, took place because someone's idea was appropriated. But at least he was able to prove that he was a part of that. Mm. Now you're going to come to me with an idea that isn't going might not may or may not be developed and you want to be sensitive about an nda i can as soon as you walk out the door go and whisper to the person sitting next to me and say yo bro this guy just told me about abcdefg don't you think we should do it you'll never be able to prove unless you recorded the meeting or so i think also how do we stay ahead of that because there are entrepreneurs or people that are like no you need to sign an nda before i tell you my idea but then how do we get rid of that mentality and be open to give people that idea and I don't know. Or talk about execute it. Execute it. Yeah. Talk about it. I I technically I don't know how to Where does that shift I don't know what the in? law allows for and not. But how I've navigated the space is I speak on all my ideas and I share them with people. And I'm not afraid to throw an idea into the world because if someone else does it, another one will come. I'm a creator. Mm. And my dad said something to me one time when I was actually this whole dance camp thing. And he said, you know what? The idea you have might be similar to an idea someone else has, but the execution will never be the same. That's true. So if you can believe in that, it doesn't matter that someone did it before you. The Chinese have copied the Americans so many times but just because the americans were first it doesn't mean the rest of the world can't do it so now china mustn't do it i mean no if it works and someone wants to develop on the idea so be it think of yourself as america they didn't stop creating they didn't stop inventing the chinese just came and duplicated multiplied and sometimes enhanced so you're gonna struggle to get anywhere if you're going to hold things close to yourself because the nature of this industry is to share things so that they can actually come to life. Wow, I'm just actually digesting that. (laughs) (laughs) I also say a lot of things. I say a lot. Um, What are what are some of the challenges that you've experienced in the communication space or just the industry as a whole as as a woman ah that's such a like um and not to downplay the issues that other women have with this industry and what they experience because our environments aren't the same i can't say I've had anything tangible that I can just kick and scream about. Mm. However, just in general, like my experience with how men are as a group in relation (laughs) to females, when I'm at a table and the decision makers 
are also are also men and i say mm. also because i'm i'm at the table because i'm a decision maker when they club together because they agree with each other based on their contexts mm. i now need to challenge that and say give me a chance to explain to you how i see it and then make a decision based on the information i'm giving you as well and when they don't i have to battle with my emotions and not let my emotions take over and defeat me at the table because men and women are different in that we respond differently to those kind of things and then i'll end up just losing so there's a lot of um checking of myself that i have to do when i'm relating to people of the opposite sex in the work environment one two um i think as a female in in my industry i can't say i've been backstabbed by other females in a way that really hurt me like oh my god how could she do that to me ah people have done it <laughs> guys girls and i don't care <laughs> because whilst i'll talk about it for two three minutes with the next person i keep my life moving and i may even come back and give that same person an opportunity to work or a through pass on something because life goes on it's like relationships mm. today someone's the love of your life until they are not the love of your life anymore and then what you're going to die no you're not going to die you break up you move on the same thing with relationships in the business world that whether it's with the female whether it's with the man if things just don't work out they don't work out and you keep it moving so i'm not going to feel more hard done because oh my gosh i'm a female the world is against females to me it just means work harder so that people actually need you in the room because of what you have in your head not how big your cup size is we're constantly doing stuff you know we're constantly i mean you're able to engage with people um online offline you know you're able to be able to create content you're able to even though it's not perfect but you're still able to you know speak to family or whatnot you know as entrepreneurs as creatives we are constantly always doing so many things at the same time yeah because we are so multi-layered what keeps you driven what keeps you consistent always being able to execute at such a high level there's a feeling i get and it's quite a narcissistic one but <laughs> i love the feeling of achievement I thrive off of that. When I've done well, I want to do well again. So it's like a drug. Mm. Um and it's not that I don't want I want to be better than the next person or I want to be the best. Or, no. I just want to do really good. I want people that come to events that I invite them to cuz I'm in charge of the guest list to be happy that they were invited and like want an invite to the next one um i want people who attend events that i've worked on from a strategy perspective and i've considered their consumer journey from start to finish to say from when you arrive at the park and ride to getting onto the bus to getting to the venue to coming in at registration and getting your wristband to walking through the gantries to the first stage that you experience to getting to the howler station to getting to the bar um and then when you're buying food and then the rest of the experience at night to when you're going back home to get into your car to get home mm -hmm. people must feel like hey there was someone who 
actually thought about that then the next morning on twitter people are going wild like yo my gosh that was the best last night was so lit uh, 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 because we facilitated that experience so i want to see people getting paid proof of payments oh my god those are my favorite things <laughs> hi please see attached pop thank you so much for your service that gives me so much joy mm. i get joy from seeing a remittance advice from a client i get joy from seeing things in the past <laughs> where people um remember the small things i've done for them a put on i interned at an event you worked at um you gave me this for that you introduced me to this person those kind of things the thank yous that you get in many different ways oh man that's what i do it for and that's why i say it's narcissistic because it's it's self it's about self mm. but because i pour out so much of myself for others that reward of the feeling and the the the, the gratification on self is what keeps me going with everything that you're doing you know um like 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 you just said you know someone remembering that hey i interviewed you at this event or a customer you know experiencing something that you worked on you're you're creating a narrative you know you're forging a narrative and i feel that a lot of the brands and companies in our space have sort of lost the narrative and they're more focused on the monetary value you know <laughs> how important is it <clears throat> for us to always have a narrative or own a narrative communicate a purpose because earlier earlier you were saying that there's people behind these brands mm. you know and i always say people buy into people yes always so the narrative um you know it's tricky because we have this very um what's the word i think we have this romantic idea of how FMCG brands are supposed to communicate with their consumers mm. and there has to be a story. What is the why? What is the purpose? What are we trying to achieve? It's different in every market. That's sure. the reality. Sure. So franchise brands that are born in other countries and other markets arrive in South Africa and have to localize themselves and companies employ people to do that to assist them in localizing these brands that already have an identity somewhere else um the people who are brand custodians also have their own contexts so you get brand manager a on product x coming in and working on product x for two years and creating this this story that in their context makes sense to the market that they have decided they are serving brand manager a moves on to company c in comes brand manager b to still work on the same product but his or her context is very, very different. different and then they come in and they're like no man this brand why have they been doing this why have they been doing this? this doesn't make sense they're not talking to the people the way we should be talking to them because why their context is what informs the decisions that they're going to make that serve this brand now in in school marketing in the industry in in what it is 
you're told a brand must have a purpose, etc., etc. Someone wrote these rules, or a group of people decided that that's what it is. But I think we're at a, we're in a time when things are so fluid, it's hard to say what works for brand A is what's going to work for brand B. Mm. There are some brands that just need to exist in the market to serve a purpose in your life. You need toilet paper. I don't, I don't need you to put on a bit <laughs> and tell me why I need toilet paper. I need toilet paper because I need to wipe my ass. It's simple and plain. Mm. But why should I choose um, car A over car B? Because it's functional capabilities or mm. XYZ, mm. safety features, XYZ. From a, it's either a luxury car of you know it, it that's when i need a little bit more information mm. um and again this is just my point of view i study politics not marketing but i do understand as a consumer how i would like to be considered how i would like to be con- communicated to and i'm trying to exponentially grow that and apply that to a lot of other people so if a brand doesn't have a narrative it's just how do you can how much are you considering the person who's receiving this communication and how much did you think of them and how they would be receiving it and how it's going to affect them that to me is very important because we mustn't waste people's time don't waste people's money and don't don't take people for a boost that it, it, like respect people mm. the brand custodians must respect the people who are spending money to purchase their brands to help them meet their KPIs and get their salaries. Simple and plain. Thank you for being so awesome. It's been a great episode. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. By the way, guys, she looks amazing. I just had to put that out there. For oh. someone who's been working so hard. Thank you. Because earlier, earlier you were saying we work hard. We do. We work, we work hard. incredibly hard. Um, or I, I, I think those of us who are passionate enough I think someone was saying to me, because I was in the office till midnight, Monday night, and then I was up 6 a.m., I was in the car at 7.30, and I snapped in a steel car, not a moving car, steel (laughs) car, and I snapped, and then she's like, yo, you was up till 2 a.m. last night, why are you already on the road? How do you do it? I said, you just have to love what you're doing. Just love it, and if you don't, leave it. It's really that simple. Like, my choices are, I can go back home and sit on the couch and be a mashalela. Or I can continue working hard and live a better life. Either way, it's a choice. Mm. It's a choice. And life has given us choices. Run with the ones you make. And if you change your mind, change it. Change it. Thank you, Sybil. Thanks, Joe. You've been great. (laughs) I think it's time for ourselves, you know. Yes. It's (laughs) just...